Stop focusing on keyword research with Eli Schwartz. Brought to you by Majestic, I'm David Bain and this is SEO in 2022. Eli, what is your number one SEO tip for 2022? I think it's time for everyone in the SEO world or everyone that has any interest in learning SEO to really stop focusing on keyword research and to stop focusing on keywords in general driven by keyword research tools and start thinking about the users and what the users are looking for when they come to a search engine. Are keywords not necessary to include in web pages anymore? Keywords are absolutely necessary, but I think if you think about the feedback loop that comes from keyword research tools, it cuts out the primary focus of the user, which is where I, I think SEO should be, which is if you go to a keyword research tool, an example I always use is insurance. I think it's insurance is global enough. So you go to a keyword research tool, you have a new business in the insurance business, and you go to a keyword research tool and you plug in the word insurance, and I'm not biased towards any keyword research tool. The data that comes from them is all fairly similar. Doesn't matter. The numbers don't matter. Right, we're normalizing looking for the most popular keyword research keywords. So you look for this keyword insurance and it spits back all these ideas around insurance and it tells you to focus on them, leaving out the fact that insurance on the internet has been around for two decades and you're unlikely to ever rank on those things. So now you're a startup, you're focused on something new towards users, but now you're using your SEO to focus on what everyone else did. So it's not that keywords aren't necessary. I think keywords are absolutely necessary, but the feedback you should be getting and the decisions you should be making around what keywords to focus on should not be coming from keyword research. It should be coming from topical research from actual users or topical research from the founders of the company to understand the idea of why they want this, have this website to exist or why they believe search users should be finding this website or it should be coming in larger companies from product managers who understand product market fit and what that means is that they know who the user is going to be. They understand that there is a user behind this. And then you say, what is that user going to be searching for? Because that user has a problem we're going to solve. Instead of the other way, which is the keyword research tool told me that this is what users search for. And therefore, that is what I will focus on. Is there not a danger relying on product managers perhaps being drawn in their perception of the product? And it's not necessarily what targets consumers would actually call the product. Oh, then they're bad product managers. <laughs> I, I, I think every product manager should really understand their customer and the end user, and they should build a, you know, accordingly. They, the product manager, I've seen this in many books, and I love the way it's summarized. The product manager is the CEO of a product. And that means that they're the ones that go to finance to get the money. They're the ones that go to engineers to get the, built. They go to designers to conceptualize how that should look. And on top of all that, they should know that there's a user there. They shouldn't be taking orders from someone else who thinks there's a user there and building like that. So if you're working with a product manager, they should understand the users. Now, I'm not saying go get the keywords from that product manager. I'm saying understand who they're building for. So, uh, and personas is a huge part of this. And I know personas and marketing is always a dirty word. And I've, I've worked on many persona projects. But like, think about a, 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 an SEO persona. An SEO persona might be, do users, are they on mobile? If they're not on mobile, then they're on desktop. So like what kind of searches would they be doing? If they're on mobile, maybe they're doing voice searches, which are really long tail. Maybe they're doing image searches on their phones. So understand that user and understand how they're going to be searching and what the problem they're looking to solve is. Instead of, well, let me go for the highest volume keywords and work my way down because you may never even show up for those keywords. Go for the highest interest, highest, best match keywords and incorporate that into it. So 
I would say some of these keywords may not even have any search volume in the keyword research tools, or they may have minimal search volume, but that doesn't matter because you're really honing in on what the user wants and what the user is going to be looking for. And if you're an SEO that's perhaps working in a smaller firm, you don't have a product manager, you've got to actually reach out to the users themselves. What's the best way to do that? Um, what volume of users do you have to reach out to? And what kind of process do you actually try and follow to ensure that the data is as clean and as, as great as possible? Yeah, so just to be clear, if you're in a smaller firm that doesn't have the product manager, you are the product manager. You're owning this thing. It, you are uh, going, if you're writing content, this is, you're conceptualizing what this content should be because there was a, a user there. In my book, I called it product-led SEO because I'm thinking of this as a product. But like, you are the product manager. If you would, if you're to your own website and you're an affiliate, you're the CEO. You're building a product because you know there is a user there. And if you don't know there's a user there, take a pause, right? Like maybe you're not, you shouldn't be building something if you don't know there's a user there. Find the user. So the best way I think really to understand what that user wants and what that user is going to be looking for is to ask them. So to find an actual user, working with a client right now, we're like, I, I kept pushing them up on this and they were very focused on keyword research. And, you know, I kept pushing them and suddenly they shared a Google doc with me that had 25 actual user interviews where people described themselves, where they lived, how they looked, what they wanted, it's an e-commerce website, why they chose this e-commerce website, what sort of trust signals they look for. That is a treasure trove of data to now incorporate into SEO that was sitting there, but was not included in the SEO efforts because it was it, no one ever thought to include it. But now I have all this data. I know that the people I'm focusing on, uh, let's say they're in their 40s or 50s. Maybe they're more likely to use Bing. Maybe they're more likely to use very, very long tail queries. Maybe they're very likely to only search very specific brand categories. So why? So I need to focus in on that. Like that's a treasure trove of data. So whatever way you're going to do this, find user information. So could be uh, person on the street interviews where you actually talk to people, could be you call them up, could be you email them. If you don't have a user to email, then that's a different problem. That's not an SEO issue. You want to have a user, you want to have a user to talk to and learn from them what it is that they're looking for and create for them. Do you try to get people who have perhaps expressed an interest in purchasing your product or service, but they haven't gone ahead and purchased it yet in order to actually get the, the, the right sort of person just about ready to buy? Or does, does that not matter so much? Technically, it probably would matter. But it, it you know, from where I sit, it's probably a big lift to have that conversation. So I, I usually work with people that might be product managers, so product leaders, whether that's an individual running their own company or whether that's a, an actual product manager they have access to this kind of data. They have the access to the user data. They understand talk to users. Getting into like who might be purchasing that may be a little bit further away from their role and it's certainly not something I'm going to do. Okay, and you also mentioned that um, having um, a treasure trove of um, 25 people um, having done the fairly ex extensive research and um, answered questions beforehand, is, is that an ideal number to aim for? Absolutely not. I think that you can do two interviews and you can find anecdotal information that will just be light bulb moments. So in reading these 25, I actually saw the same pattern over and over in all 25 of them. So I don't think you need 25. I think if you're doing a survey, you might want, it depends on the questions. And obviously I spent years in the survey industry. If your questions are fairly tight and you can get information from it, you don't need that many responses. If you're, So what's an example are, of a great question? Uh, so it's really going to be something quantitative, 
where you know that you fleshed out all the options and when someone gives you an answer that you're fairly confident they're giving you the answer to the question that you asked. So it might be, and the question might be, which is more important to you? That's the question. And then brand, price, shipping, something like that. That's a very, very tight question. So if 75% of people say price, you can be fairly confident that they're saying price because that is important to them and not because, oh, well, it's price based on currency. Like it's a very tight question. There's no way to maneuver around it. Now, if you ask another question, which is like, what's most important to you? And then you just throw a bunch of stuff in there, design, price, shipping. And then you're like, the comparisons might be off. Why did so many people pick design when we're actually the cheapest? Now you're having questions on your questions. That's not a tight question. So okay. I know we went on a tangent there. But when you're asking, so if you're doing a survey and you have a tight question and five people tell you price, it's not, again, it's not statistically significant, but you might feel like, okay, I should elevate price in my marketing efforts. In conventional SEO, I guess that would be mean incorporating elements such as um, cheap or um, good value into your copy. Yeah. So that's a, actually a great point when it comes to keywords. So like we're going back to insurance, the, um, a keyword might be cheap car insurance that you might find from a keyword research tool, but maybe you're marketing to the rich, you're marketing to the affluent and cheap car insurance to them means they're going to get sued. So the keyword they're, not, they're going to use might not be cheap. The keyword they might use me, me, might be value. So like that's where you talk to, when you talk to users, it, you have to align what you do for SEO with who your users are going to be. Again, cheap car insurance is not the keyword that the, the target market you have would be using, despite the fact that that might be very popular in the keyword research tools. So I, th I think that's a, a great question of like how you tie the research, the actual user research you get into your SEO efforts. So can this kind of research be done just online, getting users to do things like recording their screens, getting their experience of going through your website, or does it have to be done face-to-face -face or over the phone, actually having a conversation with people directly? I like the qualitative piece of this. So you don't have to go on the phone or on Zoom. You could just send an email saying, thank you so much for purchasing. First of all, as customers, I love when I get a personal email and then you look at it and you're like, wow, it actually is personal or a personal letter even more. So I, I think that's a that's an easy way to get information and, and you know it, it's just a quick thing of like, thank you for being our customer. What was most important to you in deciding to purchase from us? Or thank you for being our customer you know, for so many years. Why do you stay loyal to us? Like just quick questions like that. And you suddenly find information that you would never have found had you not asked. What about if um, an SEO's boss is saying to them, look, it sounds good, but you can't give me any quantitative information um, in relation to uh, the, the value of, of, of all the work you're doing here. I, I can see these keywords and um, I can see that these keywords are going to bring me um, X amount of um, web visits or at least X amount of searches and search engines. Um, what, how can an SEO articulate the value of, of, of using this survey-based approach instead of a keyword-based approach to, to their boss? I, I love that question because it's really going to fly in the face of the way everyone does SEO. Why do bosses think that the keyword approach is any better? Like, I, it's illogical to me. So I, I think bosses understand logic. And, and by bosses, I, let's throw in clients right if you're a consultant. So everyone understands logic. So if you explain to your client slash boss or boss's boss, whoever it is that's asking, look, we're focused on insurance. We're never going to compete on this because we're 20 years behind. What makes you think this quantitative approach that's using these keywords and doing this research is going to work any better? 
Let me try something else. We believe these are our customers. We know they're our customers. They're looking for this kind of thing. Let, allow me to try some content like this and see if it works. And again, it may not always work for every business. You know, if you're in a, a tight affiliate space, it might not work for that business. But if you're in a, you're building a new product, you're at a startup, you're, there's a, a unique way you're approaching your general marketing and your SEO aligns with that, you may be tapping into a goldmine. So I would use the logical approach and say, why are we doing, you know, let's say paid advertising, we're focusing on this kind of customer, but SEO, you want to focus on everyone. Okay. And is this approach uh, more appropriate for product pages, for purchase funnels, um, or is it uh, suitable for every type of content, um, for blog posts, for, 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 for other posts on your website? Can you incorporate that kind of qualitative information in other types of content? You should, right? So whenever I, I work with clients, I always explain to them SEO is investment. So they're, they're, putting, they're investing money into building this SEO and they're investing money and they're taking away money from other places they could put that money if they didn't invest in SEO. So therefore, they should be very certain that the investment they're making into SEO has a customer behind it. So if you're writing a blog post just for the sake of getting traffic, and that's it, because there's not going to be a customer that will ever read that or buy it, or there's not going to be any brand awareness that comes from it, why make that investment? So I think this approach should matter. It's a customer first approach, which is, is a search user going to discover this blog post? and now think things better about our company or follow a purchase funnel, or are they just going to read it? You know, I've worked with many companies where they they check, they thought they checked the box in SEO by having very well-read blogs. But those very well-read blogs, the, the success metric they ever they only got from it was just pages, but they had sell products. Okay. So what's the point of that? So I, I think this approach should work for everything related to SEO. So if an SEO is hearing what you're saying and thinking, Eli, you're right, I'm, or Eli's I've spent crazy. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're thinking that it spends a lot of time on um, targeting keyword phrases and actually got a lot of traffic from ranking for keyword phrases, but that traffic just hasn't converted. So they're thinking, you're right. I need to focus more on customers and, and just getting the information that's right for them, not necessarily volume of visitors, just getting the right people consuming my content and making sure that the content says the right things. However, they're also thinking, this could take me a lot of time to get right. So what's one thing that an SEO like that might have been doing over the last five years consistently that hasn't been working quite as well recently and they probably need to stop doing to focus more on what you suggest? So I, I want to raise one more point before I get into that, which is this requires really understanding the, the KPIs of the business, the metrics that the business is driving towards, which is sales or dollars or downloads or whatever, or pounds, whatever it is that you're trying to do. The thing that SEOs are focusing on, but should kind of stop focusing on is keyword level reporting because it's the wrong metric. So when you hand in your boss or your client a list of here are the keywords you have chosen and here's where you rank on these keywords and I'm judging my success based on where I've done on these keywords, I think that's wrong because the rest of the business is measuring itself based on this marketing effort cost me this amount of money and returned this amount of money in sales. SEO cost me this amount of money and I got a spreadsheet that shows me red, yellow, green where my keywords are. And like, like we've been discussing, the keywords might not even matter. So stop doing the keyword level reporting, start drilling into the actual attribution reporting, and then you will be far more successful. Like I know in my own career at SurveyMonkey, I was able to get larger budgets and bigger teams when I said, hey, I only spent a few hundred thousand dollars on my team and my tools. Obviously, I had Majestic and all those other tools. 
And in return, I have returned two thirds of our global revenue has come from organic. Yeah, wow. that that puts me on the top of a very, very high pedestal. If I would come in and say, well, I've spent a few hundred thousand dollars, but I've given you a spreadsheet. I don't think that I would have the same results. It, you know, contrasted with the other marketing teams, which said, hey, we spent a few million dollars and we broke even. Right. So like I would I would we even be worse than those teams if I was just coming in saying you spent all this money. Here's your spreadsheet. When I come in and say spent a few hundred thousand dollars, they spent millions. I returned two thirds of global revenue. They broke even. I'm the star. They are just uh, <laughs> they're just an OK team. Wow. Um, that is certainly a thought to finish on. Um, superb stuff. Uh, you can find Eli Schwartz over at elishwartz.com. Eli, thanks for being part of SEO in 2022. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, David. Check out the rest of the content from SEO in 2022 over at seoin2022.com. Mm-hmm.